Hit that. So let me, well, first of all, let me turn off my noisy ass fan because I got a swanky new microphone. Ooh, swanky. It is swanky. If you notice, it is now a shotgun (gasps) microphone. What? What is that? This is a, it's a baller microphone. Indeed. Wow. That's it. Uh, Should we start the show? I suppose you could. Okay. A three, a two, a one. Welcome back to the Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you subscribe to the Watchlist with Patty and Bill by hitting that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you check out all of our back episodes on thewatchlistpod.com. Engage with us on social media at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, and at symbol the Watchlist Pod. And make sure that if you do listen to us on Apple, give us that five star review. We like that. And guess what? This show is brought to you by nobody. Why? Because we don't have a sponsor yet and we would love one. So tell like 20 of your friends to listen to this friggin' show so that we can gain an audience and get some subscribers because I would like that very much. Yeah. <laughs> you were starting to get all excited like, Bill, you I got like, us a sponsor? Really? This yeah, is no. the first I've heard of it. Oh, man. No. I would totally uh... surprise you with it because that would be a happy surprise. That would be. I'd be like, what? Give me yeah. some of that cash. Oh, I'd be I'd I'd be Venmoing <laughs> you. <laughs> Actually, I would write out a check. <laughs> oh, thanks. Mm. <laughs> so, I know that we were gonna break down the breakouts or the the flash forwards or whatever. The, the what are they called? The upfronts. The upfronts. But I ended up seeing four things this week. Nice. I I have three things. One okay. might be one of your four. Uh, but honestly. My my summed up upfronts like my upfront summary. Yep, is that it's all cop first responder reality reboot, uh, spinoff crap. Mm-hmm. And twenty then that one twenty fucking season tired old shit. That is. Oh, you mean Law is. and Order? I uh, is that Law and Order? 20 seasons? It's, no, it's it'd that be 30 Grey's, seasons of It's Law either that or Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, actually, Grey's has probably been on that's 20 Grey's years, but Law and Order's yeah. been on 30. I mean, that's... And then I looked up some stuff. Uh, collectively, the broadcast networks, ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC, and the CW, mm-hmm. over the past decade, year over year, they averaged like 77 pilot orders, collectively. Okay. However... This season, those five combined had 35. Wow. So they're relying on the tried and true. This is what's working. We're not going to veer off from that shit. They are pretty um, consolidated because of all the streaming stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I have a theory about that also. And thank you for summing that up, by the way. Yeah. ABC only had, has, ABC has, ordered only four new shows okay nbc only added two right well they technically added three but that third one was actually ordered in 2021 okay and they might recast it and stuff and cbs only has four new shows what was the one they might recast oh the night court oh god 
Yeah. Why the fuck yeah, do that we need Night Court? Uh, why do we need Law and Order of all varieties? Why do we need more friggin' Star Trek? And why do we need Quantum Leap? Uh, yeah, I get just, that. Why do we need all of these reboots of shit? And I'll tell and you Which wh- is part of this whole new season. It's all reboots, rehashed crap. Well, you know why? They're lose they, they are hemorrhaging viewers. Hemorrhaging. And they're they're hemorrhaging viewers because of what we talked about last time. Yeah. There is so much yeah. content out there now on and I'm using air quotes, so many channels mm-hmm. that the only way that those assholes can compete is by putting on the tried and true, okay, you want 911? Then yes, come come home to Fox and you will find it. Okay, you want Law and Order? All your Law and Orders are right here on good on old the NBC. Same one night. On the same one night, boom, <laughs> we got watch you all night. All you your Law and Orders. And if you want, back. and if you want your NCISs, come on, CBS is here for you. All on this particular night. <laughs> I am just glad, and, yeah. I, and I and I mean this wholeheartedly. That show and and I I am still upset that pivoting got canceled, although not altogether surprised. But I'm upset by that. I am glad that the one that survived is Abbott Elementary. Mm-hmm. Out of all the shows that I have come to love, my and the second one would be Grand Crew. Love that show. Um, but I am glad that a show that is as funny and as heartfelt and as warm as Abbott Elementary has found an audience and and has stuck the rest of it like you said is your crap with the cw and fox being also your genre channels so that's where you're going to get your superhero sci-fi little fix on certain nights of the week they only do that because that's the only way they can compete Everybody else is like, well, fuck it. If I paid 20 bucks for Netflix, I'm watching Netflix over this same sameness. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. You know, so thank you for the update on the upfronts. That sucks. All right. For people who might not know what upfronts are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are people who may not understand what upfront is. So the upfronts are part of the TV advertising business. It's kind of a presentation by a network for all of the advertisers, the people who pay for the commercials to be on that network, for them to preview the fall, upcoming fall shows, what's returning, what's new. And it happens in the spring, so the advertisers can plan their advertising budgets accordingly and know where they might want to spend the money. That is what the upfronts are about. They take place over a week in May. This year it was the 16th to the 19th of May. And after all, this is the first time after all the COVID shit where it was actually in person. And they usually, it's like usually a big show with some stars like hosting and telling jokes and entertaining the advertisers. I've gotten to go to one once and it was kind of fun. Oh, I yeah. bet. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Once I get to, but you know, they do it in New York and I was in Chicago at like the Chicago theater, this whatever station it was, the uh, rented out the Chicago theater and they like, I don't know, satellite fed it on a big screen as we sat there. 
Did they give away freebies? I don't remember walking away with any freebie. Oh, well, then it wasn't that good. The freebies must be for the big monies in New York. Yeah, maybe. All those Madison Avenue ad men. Yeah, but they could have shipped a couple of goodie bags. of. You would uh, think. You would think. But uh, clearly, I did not spend enough money to qualify for a goodie bag. Do you have a bag in there for Patty Lee? No, fuck her. No. She didn't give us enough ad buy. <laughs> Who does she work for again? No, yeah, no. Yeah. They don't spend enough. <laughs> so, oh my God. I, so I just, that's uh, Upfront's done. I'm actually just surprised that a couple of shows that I like, like Abbott Elementary are coming back and the Orville is coming back. Those are the only reasons that I continue to watch regular ass TV. And the only reason I actually still keep Hulu. I think the Orville is only going to be on Hulu. I don't think it's going to be on regular television. Is oh. that? I think, I think, I feel like that's what I read, but I All will right. confirm. All right. And then also the other show that I watch on Hulu, the other Hulu original is What We Do in the Shadows. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So I, I dig me that show. Any hoosie. So you've got three... Three things this week? I uh, yeah, I think so. All right. One might be the same as you. Yes, the Orville is only going to be on Hulu. Oh, awesome. Okay. So a reason to keep Hulu then. Although what what the fuck was that? Uh, Dwight dropped something on the floor upstairs. Oh I'm thank like, damn, God. Damn it was loud. <laughs> the last time you looked up like that, he had farted and it wafted. Oh downstairs. no, that was the smell. <laughs> I was like, oh, what is that smell? Yeah, this was a sound. Got it. So do you want to start with the thing that we might have both seen? Okay. Or do you want to save that? Well, depending on if it actually is the same thing. All right. I told you I was going to watch one of the movies you mentioned. Yes. And then I realized I don't pay for that service to be able to watch that movie on it. So I was like, uh -huh. fuck that. I'm not paying for it. Gotcha. So I have not seen the movies you mentioned. I see. Well, then, because... I'll give you a hint. Three of the things that I watched are actual movies. Okay. Movie movies. Mm-hmm. One of which I saw in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. The fourth thing I actually saw in a theater. Ooh. All right. So I'll start with absolute shit first, then. Do it. Firestarter. Uh-huh. <laughs> So for those of you who do not know, so Stephen King has adapted a lot of his shit into movies over the decades. And, and the 80s were his decade. The 80s and some of the 90s were his decades of turning his, his books into movies. And in 1984, little Drew Barrymore starred as a little girl who had pyrokinesis and she could actually just start fires with her mind. And of course, because she's nine, she doesn't understand how her powers work and she's a danger to lots and lots and lots of people. Now her father in this movie played by Zac Efron, who I actually dig as an actor. I think he is trying very hard to do different projects. Like he was also Ted Bundy in some other project. And he was in Baywatch showing off his body. So he's got that oh, comedic yeah. side, kind of making fun of himself. Zach Efron is underrated and, and I'm digging his choices, but he plays the dad. 
And what had happened was <laughs> he and his wife chose to be experimented on by a big mm -hmm. old government agency. And because they were experimented on and had powers themselves, they gave birth to Drew Barrymore, who naturally acquired powers. So the parents went off the grid with the kid because they didn't want the kid found out by the government or they would use an exploiter and all that. Correct. Okay. Well, guess what happens? The government finds out about the the little kid who is not in not played by Drew Barrymore, obviously, in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, but, <laughs> you know, and then they go on the lamb. Blah, blah, blah. And they're hunted by somebody else who is also enhanced. Oh. This movie is the movie that you would get at Blockbuster if your first three choices were not there. Oh, my. Yeah. Okay. So you'd go to the... And I say that because this movie wants to be an 80s throwback in, in terms of its feel. They even have John Carpenter do the score for this movie. Wow. And, and shout out to Mike Alexander. Shout out to Mike. Uh, he said, well, then what's wrong with having John Carpenter direct the goddamn thing? So, because yeah. it would have actually been better that way. But yeah. instead, they tried to simulate an 80s feel. And it wasn't even a horror movie. It was just, it's a thriller. But it, but it was almost like it was an elevated straight to video piece of shit. Hmm. So Did they didn't, I'm sorry, go ahead. Did you see the original Drew Barrymore Firestarter? And if so, did you like the original one? Bits and pieces of it. Not enough to make an opinion. Okay. Because I was going to say, how does it compare? But I don't know that I've seen the original one all the way through yeah. either. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. and nobody these days is going to give a shit. And not because Stephen King isn't a kick-ass author, but he hasn't done anything recently. I think the last thing he did was Dr. Sleep. Maybe, maybe, and I and so know. I don't know. So kids these days don't know who Stephen King is. They don't have that connection, and they sure as shit don't realize that there was a, a remake almost forty years ago. Yeah. So why would they care to see this now? I even caught Firestarter on Peacock. So yeah, it's on Peacock, but you have to pay for it if you don't have Peacock through Comcast. Right. Uh, so you got to pay to even see the movie. And I was like, I already pay for things that I don't want anymore. I'm not going to add another one that right, I will forget right. to cancel. Right. So no, I'm just like, nope, not watching that. It's not important enough to me. And I would take fi this fire starter home if I had rented three and I got the fourth free. And even <laughs> then, I still wouldn't watch it and return it unwatched. Oh, my. So people out there. First of all, thank you all for listening. We appreciate all of you. Don't watch Firestarter. All right. It is not going to light a fire. It does not start. I was glad that it finished. <laughs> and it's cheesy as fuck. So there you go. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, the movie that I chose to watch when I discovered that Firestarter would cost me money was on Amazon Prime. And it's called Jolt. Like the old soda? Yes, like the old soda. It stars Kate Beckinsale, Bobby Cannavale. Yeah. 
Kind uh, of Laverne bummed, yeah. Cox, oh. Stanley Tucci. Hey. And Susan Sarandon has a role in it as well. No shit. Yeah, it's got some good names, and it's it is kind of this goofy, goofy ass, crazy movie that is so much fun. It is so much fun and very entertaining. Um, so Kate Beckinsale is the adult. For, so we meet this girl, uh, Lindy Lewis. She's got some anger issues. Mm. Like everything sets her off, As and she you becomes uncontrollably violent and they take her to multiple doctors and find out that she's got this uh disorder this kind of anger disorder so she she grows up in different hospitals institutions the military grabs her they try to make her a soldier and she's still kicking everybody's ass and not even bothering to take names wow and uh she ends up this uh this doctor, played by Stanley Tucci, has found a method, like an experimental method, to help her control it. It's this vest of electrodes, and she's got a remote, and when she starts to realize she's getting pissed off, she gives herself a jolt, a zap, and then that settles her down a bit. So she's been kind of living on her own, like all by herself, because she can't be around people. And she's working as a bouncer at a bar because she's become incredibly fast and strong, which is part of this, I don't know, I guess this disorder or whatever. So they say at the beginning. And her doctor suggests going on a date. Going on this blind date. She finds this guy and she's standing outside the, the restaurant. This is the opening now. And she sees this this man coming out of the restaurant arguing with the valet and get being an absolute ass and she's just staring at him and getting angrier and angrier and she she goes and she's like yanks him out of the car like through the window by his neck and going to tear him into pieces and then we see her calming down and hitting the jolt thing and she didn't actually touch him but like she pictured it and then zapped herself and she's like, I can't do this date. I can't do it. Well, she goes on a date with this guy. She really likes him. She's thinking, okay, fine. This is good. She's she's happy for once. She believes she's cured. And then somebody murders him and finds him in a dumpster. And now she's pissed off because she was finally get thinking she was getting better, even though she had only gone on like two dates with this guy. But she really liked him and didn't want to rip his head off which is progress because everybody she meets, she wants to rip their head off. She practically murdered the waitress in the bathroom because she claimed there were no substitutions on the menu. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of goofy that way. And it, the whole thing is very visually like, like surreal and not, not re un, kind of un, I don't know, maybe slightly noir, slightly not kind of noir really goofy kind of shit looking I, I mean i can't really i don't have the right words to explain it but it's it was a lot of fun because we see you know she's she is like openly beating on people that would piss us the fuck off and you'd be like i hate that guy and then you can vicariously live through her as she beats them to to a pulp because they deserve it because they're assholes okay. it turns out like this big mob boss kind of guy 
is the one who who killed him and now she's got to try and penetrate the the giant fortress that he lives in to avenge her two date boyfriend's death okay. and wackiness ensues so would you i mean i'm sorry absolutely i am absolutely recommending this because it was just so crazy goofy and kate beckinsale it looked like she loved doing this just crazy part okay you don't look like you're thinking it's good well i'm I'm just i was trying to follow (laughs) what you were saying and i was so where did i lose you (laughs) i can't explain it well like the look of it the look and feel of it it, i it's hard like it's kind of detective noir look like her her apartment is just this raw storage area kind of looking place with behind the neon glow of letters on the signage on the building so it's got this pink neon glow and raw brick everywhere and it's just her bed and then a sink and a refrigerator but she has like only paper plates and stuff because regular plates are breakable when you're angry <laughs> okay that kind of a thing and then this i mean it it looks like every city and air quotes like there you can't tell where this actually takes place because it, it probably took place all on a sound stage and you know it's it's like just this city this grimy city street kind of look where is this movie it's on amazon prime ah yes it came okay. out in 2021 and uh yeah it, it's it i love Kate Beckinsale, she is amazing on Instagram. The weird shit she does with her pets, her cats mm-hmm. in particular, her cat. Oh my god, she dresses him up and stuff, and he just kind of just like, yeah, this is me. <laughs> the weirdest shit she does on there is hysterical, and she has pulled a lot of that goofy shit into this movie. Part of her, okay, but yeah. It's a, it's a character that aside from that vampire movie she did series that she did Underworld. I, I didn't i didn't really picture her being this kind of uh, uh action hero kind of but not really yeah action anti-hero maybe you'd say that she is in this so it's kind of fun it was well, fun right. it was totally fun and it's got a great cast and uh bobby cannavale and laverne cox are the the police detectives that are after her and those two <laughs> those two are great paired together oh good like, like bobby cannavale is trying to be the the soft understanding detective while laverne cox is the by the book no we're not doing it that way kind of a woman and it, so that that interaction is just so fun that is so fun to watch excellent so jolt on amazon prime Yep, and then you can take just a nice look at Stanley Tucci because he's Stanley Tucci. Because he's Stanley Tucci and he's awesome. Yeah, and you're just going to look at him and go, yeah, Stanley. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I wouldn't go, yo, Stanley. Yeah, Stanley. (laughs) Yeah, I would not do that. So the next movie that I watched is Ambulance. Ambulance! I don't know why I said it that way. I don't know why you said that either. (laughs) So this is also on Peacock. It just Uh, debuted on Peacock. And and the reason that we waited for it was because I wasn't quite sure about it, to be honest. 
Hmm. And apparently neither was the rest of America, hence why, you know, it bombed at the box office. But <laughs> it stars Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. As as a guy and he was raised up in the life of of crime ah. because of his dad. Now, he has an adopted brother played by uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. And they grew up as brothers ever since they were like six or seven years old. They ran together. And, and the one brother played by Yahya eventually broke away from the family because of the shit that the father was doing. So it kind of created a rift between him and Jake Gyllenhaal, blah, blah, blah. But this guy is trying to do well for himself, but he's out of the military and he's got bills to pay. His wife's got cancer and they have a baby. So and and not making fun of that situation at all, but in movie terms, cliche. Right. Yeah, I was just thinking, damn, that's a whole lot going on there, bud. So he calls up his brother, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Because he knows that Jake Gyllenhaal can get him a job that would score. Well, it turns out that Jake Gyllenhaal was trying to also come in with one big-ass score and rob a bank to the tune of $34 million, him and his crew. Mm -hmm. So he brings his brother along and says, you know what? You do this job with us. You, you drive this and and you come away a millionaire and you don't have to worry about your wife's medical bills ever again, which is an attractive offer. It is. Well, of course it doesn't go well. Well, yeah, why would it? Why would it? What kind of movie <laughs> would there be if it How did? entertaining would that be? I would love to see an eight-minute movie that set up this whole plot and then they actually get away with it. Great. Yeah. And then the guy gets the money and goes away. That would be hysterical. Well, anyway, the reason it's called Ambulance is because just before they rob the bank, a cop who has become infatuated with one of the tellers at the bank decides he wants to go ask her out. Oh. And wouldn't you know, that's when the bank is taken over oh, and the no. cop gets shot. Oh, dear. And so Jake Gyllenhaal, and, and they call an ambulance, of course. Mm -hmm. and the kick-ass paramedic who is the best paramedic in the city but has no close interpersonal relationships. Of course not. So she's cold and callous, drops him off at the hospital and all of that. They say to her, keep him alive. That is your one job, and they get away in the ambulance. Mm -hmm. And the reason being, you know, if they shoot a cop and he dies, then they are cop then killers. Yep, they got a worse sentence and stuff. Yeah, They got a worse sentence than if they, you know, stole $150 million. Mm -hmm. Well, this movie is directed by Michael Bay. So you know what that means. Explosions! Explosions and fast cuts and action and stuff. And I got my explosions! Handheld cameras and it's all exciting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's for you, Michael Bay. You can put that in your pocket and keep that. Yeah. Anyway... At the end of the movie, I turned to Laura and I said, what do you think? We were both entertained by this movie. Well, all right then. We were entertained by this movie. And it is, it is genuinely a movie that you, you should not pick it apart. 
There is so much to pick apart in this movie. It's two hours and 16 minutes, by the way. Because hmm. Michael Bay, for some reason, as, as he has gone, you know, as he's gotten older in his life with Bad Boys 2, all of that shit. He makes an over two hour action picture and it would be far better at like one hour and 40 minutes. Jolt was 90 minutes. See, nice, tight action movie. That's mm-hmm. what I like. Get in, get out. Even though Firestarter was fucking like 90 minutes or so, and it felt like two and a half hours that I'll never Ooh, get back. Damn. Damn. But the thing about Ambulance is there are so many plot holes and stuff and things that if you begin to pick it apart, the entire tapestry of the movie falls apart. You have to watch it and give in to what is there on the screen. Because if you do not, then you are going to talk yourself out of liking Ambulance for what it is. Mm. A, a stupid action picture. A stupid, entertaining action picture. So that is Ambulance. It is on Peacock. Mm. Okay. Okay. So... The other thing I've got here is a documentary series that's on HBO Max called Not So Pretty. Hmm. It's going over, it's got four episodes and it talks about uh, beauty products. Like the first episode is about makeup. The second one is about your nails, skincare is the third one, hair is the fourth one. Hmm. And the dangers and toxicity of these products like okay. johnson's baby powder um baby powder has talc in it talc comes from asbestos like when when they mine the stuff for talc asbestos is in it and johnson and johnson has been claiming that their baby powder has no asbestos in it but through this docu series all anything with talc has asbestos in it so there are people who are getting a mesothelioma from their makeup or because they have been using baby powder their whole lives a makeup like the blush eyeshadow lipstick has talc in it so it's got us and that stuff is right it's on your face right next to where your breathing holes are to where you breathe in these microscopic asbestos fibers and you get mesothelioma, you get cancer. And then some of these products, uh, there's a woman whose daughter was totally playing in all of her makeup all the time. So she went to Claire's Boutique and found this little kid makeup palette. Well, it had lead in it. Oh, no shit. Yeah, they've sent these things off to their personal laboratory, like they knew people, somebody who knew somebody because of whatever business they were in and they were tested and they found the asbestos in the one thing and lead in the other thing. And Oh man, it just, it gets wow. Because the FDA may claim that these things are safe, but there isn't really a good testing in America. Like in Europe, beauty products in Europe are far more deeply tested and have tighter regulations on them than America does. Because why? Because money. Because money. Because all the makeup beauty product industry, Johnson and fucking Johnson, 
if they can get away with it, they're going to. Like they, uh, they use well, a, if you use a microscope to look at the the baby powder. Mm. That if you use a, I don't know, they showed like a really like like thousand time microscope, you can see the tiny little fibers. But then when they test it for their certification of being asbestos free or whatever, they only used a 100 time microscope. So, oh, you can't see that fiber because they just didn't use a strong fucking microscope. So does this movie break it down by examples of or docuseries? Break it down based on product or they go over different products. They go they they have personal stories about the products. And that's how it's broken down. So they talk about certain products and to show this is how the government has not done anything about this. And these people, this is what happened to these people who were working with or using these products. Um, There's for the hair episode, they talk specifically about this big lawsuit that's happening with Diva Curl. It's a a shampoo hair care product for curly haired people. And a lot of African-American women use it and it's melting like their hair's falling out. It's Mm. burning their scalp and stuff. I was going to try it for my curly hair and saw how much it costs and said, fuck that noise. I'm not buying it. Mm -hmm. And some of these influencers on social media talking about how this stuff made my hair great. And then they're like, no, it's it's making my hair bad. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, How many it, episodes it, are in this? There are uh, there are four episodes. Makeup is the first one. Nail care products is the second one. Skin care products is the third one. And hair care products is the fourth episode. <laughs> and they do talk about men's men's stuff in there, the men's skin care as well as the men's hair care stuff. Yeah. Because men wow. use Diva Curl too, apparently. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm quite men. sure. For waves yeah. and if you want to put yeah, waves I've, in your hair and all that stuff, yeah, yeah, I, me, me, you know, women aren't the only ones with curly hair, right? Oh wow, but yeah, it's a uh, hooey, it, it's something. And, and Kiki Palmer, Kiki Palmer is the um, narrator of this, and it's on HBO Max. Cool. Well, shout out to Kiki Palmer. Hey, Kiki. Yeah, hey, Kiki Palmer. Get a, get a, get us a sponsor. It's a, it's really something. If you want to know the dangers of uh, being pretty. This is the series yeah. for you. Yeah. Oh, God. And from a different Netflix series, you also got to watch out for the counterfeit shit, which is just toxic garbage to start with because it's oh, counterfeit. Oh, yeah, true. Well, and not even that, the fact that counterfeit shit is is such a horrible industry in and of itself. Even, even the movie House of Gucci talked about this. Oh, in yeah. In the movie yeah. House of Gucci... Gucci themselves were bootlegging their own shit. Mm-hmm. And so you don't know where your shit is coming from. And if you don't know where your shit is coming from, not only do you not know the quality of it, but then there is absolutely no regulation for how it's made, what's in it, and who's making it. Exactly. So be careful where you buy your shit. Yeah, seriously. It's worth a couple of extra dollars, at least for the satisfaction that it is somewhat regulated. Especially if it's going on your face. Yes. Or your skin in any way. Yeah. 
All right. Anyway, I so that's I gotta... not so pretty HBO Max. Okay. Now I'm going to get into the good shit. Okay. All right. I have seen one of the best sequels that I think I have ever seen in my life. Oh. In Top Gun Maverick. Oh, okay. Went to go see that on Thursday night. Wow. That's all I have got to say. That movie is well worth the price of a ticket, particularly on a big screen. Now, it is the rare time that Laura and I are a couple of minutes late for a movie because I myself like to watch every single trailer there is, even the cheesy pre-show. Like newbie. New Year, Marina Menunos. That's right. Maria Menunos. Yep. <laughs> damn right. Newbie. Love it. So we actually missed the very first preview. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, all the previews are over. And I knew for a fact that no movie will end on previews that are not from that same movie company. So the last movie preview comes on. It's for the new Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Then a a personal message from Tom Cruise comes on the screen thanking people for seeing the movie in a theater. Of course. Because he's been railing against playing day and date on things Mm -hmm. like Paramount Plus and all that other sort of stuff. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cheesy, but all right. I see where that's coming from. But wow, that movie is amazing. It was worth the two-year wait. So in this movie, you find out, and and it's it's no shocker, that Tom Cruise is still basically where he was at the end of the first Top Gun. So 35 years later, he is still a captain in the Navy. And he has been passed over for promotions many times, busted the whole bit. But you find out a lot of that had to do with the death of Goose, played mm-hmm. by Anthony Edwards in the first movie. Spoiler alert. Oh, please. If you have not seen <laughs> fucking Top Gun. Wow. I had to do it. I'm sorry. I had to because oh. it made me laugh. <laughs> so any whoosie, he gets invited to be an instructor back at Top Gun. At the personal behest of Val Kilmer's Iceman in this movie. Now, if you remember my review several months ago of the movie Val, you realize that Val Kilmer had incredibly destructive throat cancer. Mm -hmm. Incredibly destructive throat cancer. It took his voice. It took a lot of his life. I mean, he is still with it mentally, but physically he is not what he used to be. But his character, Iceman, personally wanted Tom Cruise to do this. So they take the last 20 or so Top Gun graduates, the best of the best, and train them for a super secret mission to blow up something. Super secret mission! To blow up something. Like Michael Bay, but way better. Okay. (laughs) One of those kids is the son of Goose. Oh, okay. And he's played 
to a T by Miles Teller. And not only does he play him to a T, but he's got the same look as his father. Same haircut, same porn stash, same uh-huh. like for Hawaiian shirts. He looks just like his old man. Mm. And that rattles Tom Cruise. Of course because, it does. You know. And it turns out that they did something very clever, too. His love interest in this movie, Tom Cruise's, is a woman named Penny, played by Jennifer Connelly. Okay. They mention Penny's character in the first Top Gun. Oh. So it kind of makes sense. Well, as they're training for this mission, John Hamm plays a general who does not want Tom Cruise on this because he thinks he's a fuck up. And he is. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But the most affecting scene that I have seen in years, particularly in Tom Cruise movies, is when he goes to visit Iceman and asks Iceman, why, why me? Why did you want me to do this? I was genuinely moved in an action picture, in a <laughs> Go America action picture. Was I, Val Kilmer actually in this? Yes, ma'am. Oh, see, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, he is in this movie. Mm-hmm. And through the magic of AI voicing, they give him his voice back. Oh, nice. Cool. Which is amazing technology mm-hmm. in and of itself. You know, I'm not going to spoil anything about the mission and why they have to do it and blah, blah, blah. You need to go see Top Gun Maverick. It is an incredible movie in and of itself. A way above par if not excellent sequel to its source material and just plain stupid fun. Okay. It pays homage to itself the whole bit. So say somebody was like, yeah, Top Gun was fine. It was great. Whatever. They weren't like, Ooh, ah, I got to watch Top Gun a bajillion times in my life. How would they feel about this? If they just were like, yeah, I remember Top Gun. It was okay. If you have as much... Okay, so I... Uh, fair question. I was geeked up to see this because I have seen Top Gun a gajillion times. You know, it was one of my worn-out videotapes when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Bought it on DVD, bought it on Blu-ray, have a 4K copy of it digitally, <laughs> the whole the whole schmear, right? So, of course, I was excited to see it. If you've seen the first Top Gun and you have a passing interest in seeing this, You absolutely should still see this. Okay. Should you see it on a big screen? For the flight sequences, yes. The things they do with cameras and the technology to capture what it's like to be in that cockpit and to fly like that, yeah. Okay. Uh, Sound-wise, I wish the sound were a little better in my theater. And I'll tell you a story about that when we're off air. But um, but there is a reason why Tom Cruise thanked you for seeing it in a movie theater. Okay. It is truly a bigger screen experience. You're not going to lose anything ultimately story-wise on the small screen. But unless you have a really kick-ass sound system, you're going to miss out on some of the visceral things going on being okay. a pilot. But yes, if you have even a passing interest in seeing it, please, by all means, plop down your money. You should not be disappointed. 
what if you're like me and you're thinking do we really need another top gun movie this uh, far later and i would tell you oh, okay i'm sorry i'm sorry i would just tell your jaded butt to stay home then uh <laughs> jesus christ because then you're just making my life difficult uh, then just wondering like get over that shit and go see it because it's that good or you know what you're gonna hate everything anyway just stop well, yeah, you kind of do hate everything anyway, but especially sequel-wise. Well, I don't hate everything sequel-wise. But it it is a worthy sequel. Okay. okay. But I can't read your mind and say, oh, yeah, even though you're kind of jaded on unnecessary sequels, which is also a fair point. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we don't need derivative TV shows and <sighs> movies that just are sequels to be sequels. Mm-hmm. But if you still have something to say, and this Top Gun definitely still has something to say. Okay, so it's not a sequel just to be a sequel and the whole no. gimmick of it's fucking Top Gun and Tom Cruise. Right. Okay. This actually has something to say, and some of what it has to say is the psychological effect of losing your friend. Okay. And what happens, you know, just how does that drive what you do? And and that to me, that emotional heart is what makes this movie. The flight sequences are out of this world. I still don't know how they did the first movie's flight sequences. <laughs> they are so good because none of that shit was CGI. No, true, that was yeah. all actual shit. Yeah. So this movie, I mean, first of all, Tom Cruise is is <laughs> he does shit that I would think a nutbag does. He hangs out of planes and all that shit, but he's he's flying this plane. Huh. So I give him all the credit in the world for okay. making a superior sequel. Well, all right, cool. And you do need to get over it and suck it up and see sometimes sequels because they can be good. All right. I try for them, you know, I give them all a shot. But again, that's just, After going and seeing Lost City in the theater, I'm just like, that was a lot of money to waste. Yeah, it sure is. And I'm just thinking Top Gun is a sequel of something so flippin' old. There are people alive who weren't alive when that was watch your mouth we were 15 when that movie came out exactly my point (laughs) so yeah i i just did my whole thing is did we really need this so you're saying it is a it, it had something to say and it wasn't just this gimmicky shit trying to draw people into the theaters again and that's and good to know and I and I and I say that knowing that I am yes geeking out over the fact that another Indiana Jones movie is coming out. That I think is unnecessary. Yeah. As much as I want to see it, I pray that it is an apology for the fourth Indiana Jones movie, which I don't consider a real Indiana Jones movie. So, yes, you you should be dubious over sequels that are 35 years in the making. 
Exactly. Because how are they going to do that? Is it a sequel for sequel's sake? But I here. Okay. So here's where I support Tom Cruise. I don't think that he would have come back to this character unless there was a decent story to get you back in the theater. He gets you back in the theater just for sequel's sake with the Mission Impossible movies, which are also mm-hmm. incredible. They have gotten way better as time goes by. Mm. But those are individual movies, individual stories. This one being a direct sequel, I don't think he would have done this if there wasn't something cool about it. And I don't know okay. if I'll be able to say the same thing over something like Indiana Jones 5. Okay. Yeah, right. I, I feel like, no, we don't need Indiana Jones. Well, yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, that's my feeling on all these. Anyway. Okay. So the other final thing I've got, maybe something you've got. Uh, the new I guarantee you it's not what I have. Series on Disney Plus, the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, I did kind of watch that too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I've that's... got two things, and yes, that's one of them. Okay, yeah, that's that's the last thing I've got. If we want to go now, we Let's can do it. roll with it. Let's roll uh, with it. Yeah, so this series begins 10 years after Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, and it's all about Obi-Wan between Revenge of the Sith and the new Star Wars, or the new hope right yep yeah, yeah luke is 10 luke is 10 leia's 10 yeah we see some leia action going on i don't know that we saw luke i don't remember seeing luke i saw uncle ben yeah okay good guess and correct <laughs> i was like <laughs> you could just as tell I'm saying first... it as i'm saying it is uncle ben sounds like rice oh is God. that right though <laughs> Oh, my God, Patty. I know. Oh, Jesus. And, yeah, that that's what this is. So that's I'm going to give... That is all I have to say about it, because I'm like, did I really need this? No, I didn't. Okay. I'm going to give the correct review. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, no, I will give a review from somebody who is more of a fan than you are. You know, I... I didn't think it, I wasn't a fan of Star Wars, but the more shit they put out, the less of a fan I'm becoming. Ah, and and again, you know, yeah, I agree with you. Because during, okay, so Star Wars, as we were recording this, Star Wars Celebration is going on. We're recording yes. this on Saturday night. This is the last night of Star Wars Celebration 2022 in Anaheim. And they did this big-ass Lucasfilm presentation where they trucked out Harrison. They actually got Harrison Ford to go to Star Wars Celebration. Wow. Is that the first time he's ever gone or no? I don't know. But he walked his his 78-year-old wow. ass out on stage or whatever. How old he is these days. Oh, my girl Katie Sackhoff is there too. Well, of course, because she's bad. Because she's, she's so. Bo-Katan. So. Yes, she is. So the reason that I bring this up is because they also showed a trailer for the new Cassian Andor series. And Laura turned to me and said, who the, the fuck, fuck is, is Cassian, a- Ca- Cassian <laughs> Andor? I'm asking too. What the hell is that? So 
did you see Rogue One? I do recall seeing Rogue One, yes. All right. So of all the Star Wars movies that were not the prequels, the original trilogy, or the sequels, that is the best next to the Mandalorian Star Wars property they've got. Because Rogue, Rogue One, One? kicks ass. Rogue oh, One. it did. I, I thought Rogue One was a lot of fun. So Cassian Andor was the mm-hmm. guy who ended up with the girl on the beach at the end of the movie. Okay. He was helping her steal the plans for the Death Star. Okay. That is the end of his story. Right. Okay. Which leads me right. to your point of why did we need this? Mm-hmm. I don't see a need to have a Cassian Andor series. And the reason being, you kind of know what happens to his character. Now, I reserve that. I'm going to put a little asterisk by that and then get to my fanboy more, my more fanboy review of Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Then, then there's going to be some other Star Wars series called Skeleton Crew. And I don't know what the hell that is either. Okay. That's where I think you're starting to get into diluting the Star Wars brand and doing too much. And is that really necessary? And milking it for all the dollars you can get. And without giving spoilers away, because the first two episodes of Obi-Wan dropped just this past Friday. Correct. Without giving spoilers away, this show isn't about Luke. No, no, it's not. It is, and again, going back to the emotional center of it, what happens to Obi-Wan and how he feels after his last confrontation with Anakin Skywalker. Actually, taking care of Luke is pretty much what he's got going. And... They are, uh, and this also takes place because if you remember in Star Wars A New Hope, Anakin helped the Empire hunt down and destroy the Jedi. Well, they did that through this group called the Inquisitors. The Inquisitors are force sensitive and/or are former Jedi who turned against the Jedi to hunt them down and kill them. So. Obi-Wan, who just turns his first name into something else, but keeps his last name. Don't know why, because Kenobi's <laughs> probably not like Anderson or Smith in the Star Wars world. I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah. Anyway, so he's trying to protect Luke from afar, but knows that he needs to be trained as well. And runs in runs afoul of Ben, who just wants Obi-Wan out of their lives for the sake of Luke. But to me, and it should come as no surprise to anybody else by now, the Leia character is actually one of the most interesting things about this show. Because of news stories to tell. We had never seen before Obi-Wan Kenobi a hint of anything about Leia. That is correct. And seeing her as a precocious 10-year-old girl, and Jimmy Smits comes back, by the way, as Bail Organa, who actually adopts her at the end of Revenge of the Sith. 
their play together as father and daughter and then her antics is half the reason to watch this show. Oh, pardon me. It is Uncle Owen. Yeah. What did you say? Uncle Ben. Which oh. is why I'm like, that's not right. That sounds like rice. Then you're like, yeah, Ben's right. And I'm like, no, is it? You're right. You're right. And then when I'm you tired. talked about uh, Obi-Wan changing his first name, which he calls himself Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're right. Then you're I start right. thinking, wait, that Uncle Ben is not right. It's yeah, Uncle right. Owen and Aunt Baru. Un- there we yeah. go. <laughs> so. Sorry, everybody. I knew yeah, I had sorry. it wrong. Yeah, Bill right. told me it was right, so I'm like, I'm I know. Don't listen to Bill; he's a fuck up anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, but the other reason to watch this show, there are two more reasons to watch this show. The first one is finding out more about Leia and her yeah, background yeah. and who she is as a person, and that's cool. Yeah. The second reason to watch this is to see the emotional toll it's taken on Obi Wan. And you get that backstory. The third reason we have yet to see, which is the eventual return of Darth Vader. (laughs) And again, he's played by Hayden Christensen. Yeah. And Ewan McGregor plays uh, Obi-Wan. Yes. Just like he did in the movies. Yes. So... He is roughly about eight years away from becoming Alec Guinness okay. in in Star Wars A New Hope. New Hope. All right. But to see Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader again is really exciting. And I think that part of why this show exists, remember that asterisk that I put on this? Uh-huh. Here's the reason why. Because... The everybody knows that the that the prequel trilogy is incredibly flawed. The acting is horrible. The dialogue is worse. Yep. But at the very least, they got two things right. The first thing they got right was the fact that at least it had one story from start to finish, which was the fall of Anakin Skywalker. It had clear vision, whereas the sequel trilogy did not. The second thing it got right were the points that were hit on in the first and second Star Wars movies of the original trilogy. You know, that Obi-Wan trained Anakin. He fell away from the Force. You know, blah, blah, blah. Those things that we had heard about were brought to the screen. Now, they could have done that in just a series of flashbacks and been done with it. So I was very appreciative of the first five minutes of the first episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which gives you a very succinct recap of the entire prequel trilogy. Do not waste your time going back over the prequel trilogy. (laughs) Just watch the first five minutes of the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series and you will be all caught up. Cool. I really enjoyed this show. It is going to be only six episodes. The first two have already oh, wow. dropped. Okay. I am very much looking forward to the lightsaber duel that you know is coming. That'll be fun. Yes. And I think it is the asterisk is for the fact that I think they are trying to 
in a way, legitimize this, the prequel trilogy mm-hmm. and make it better after the fact to mm-hmm. say, you know what? This story wasn't so bad. We had the pieces there, and now we're trying to clean it up a little bit by giving you a better produced, better acted, better dialogue series to kind of tie it together for you. It's the it's the shitty makeup that causes asbestos on the on the pig, and <laughs> and or contains asbestos, and you and you put it yeah. on the pig. So I think it's there to legitimize the prequel trilogy. So that's why I think it is necessary okay i will accept that okay so you want to hear the last thing i got sure what's the final thing on your list i'm gonna blow your mind are you really i'm gonna blow the mind of all of our listeners Mm -hmm. all 23 of our subscribers all 280 of my followers on instagram (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Thank each and every one of you. And to everybody around the world who listens to us, gather round your your phone, your smart device, however you listen. Your to Your Bluetooth show. speaker. Yeah. The last thing I watched mm-hmm. had absolutely nothing to do with television or the movies. What? We went to Broadway, <gasps> and we took in. A play. No. Yes. Wow. We actually went to go see the limited engagement run of Macbeth. Mm. Starring Ruth Nega and Daniel Craig. And I have got to tell you, first of all, it's playing at the Longacre Theater, 220 West 48th Street in New York. Actually, half a block away from the biggest, most Willy Wonka-looking Krispy Kreme that I've ever seen in my life. Oh, anyway, we don't have Krispy Kremes around here anymore. Oh, it I'll makes me what, so sad. That was a good after-show treat. Oh, but anyway, I bet, good. yeah. So we had wanted to see this because Daniel Craig and Ruth Nega. Yeah, shit. I'd go see it. I have to tell you that... Seeing something live was the breath of fresh air I did not know I needed until I saw it. So we talk all the time about watching TV and watching movies. And are we at a saturation point? Have we reached peak TV? What services are we going to pick up? What services are we going to cancel? And it didn't even occur to me and I apologize for that, Broadway, to go see a fucking play. When I tell you that Macbeth is worth every penny that we paid, I would double every penny that we paid to see it again. The production of it is very minimal. So there aren't extravagant costumes. As a matter of fact, all of the actors are in barely more than street clothes. You'd swear to God that they just came in from wherever they live, walked out on stage and started performing. The only thing that they truly do is they have a crown, obviously, because Macbeth turns out to be king Mm -hmm. and Ruth Nega is queen. The only thing is that they really give Daniel Craig a big ass fur coat 
to make it like those are his kingly robes. Okay. Other than that, they're all walking around in t-shirts and jeans and and like big old cardigan sweaters and the whole bit. And it is a multi-ethnic, multi-ability cast that uses lighting and the stage and they use each other as swing to bring on props and get rid of props and set up for the next thing that you're about to see. It is so expertly done that if anybody can get to New York by July the 10th to see Macbeth on Broadway, you absolutely should. And if you cannot see Macbeth, do yourself a favor. Find something else to consume other than TV or a movie. Because it is a breath of fresh air. And after the performance, we didn't realize we were across the street from another production that we wanted to see. Hades Town. Oh, I've heard things about this. And we are going to get tickets to see Hades Town. And that is two blocks away from another production that we wanted to see of American Buffalo starring Lawrence Fishburne. Oh. And Darren Chris. And we wanted to see that too. And I guess my point is that every now and then you you should get out there and unplug from something that lights up <laughs> that you can hold in your hand or sit in a living room and watch because you realize, yeah, all these actors could fuck up at any moment. The lights could go down. A bad noise happens. As a matter of fact, toward the end of this production, somebody's cell phone went off. Oh, damn it. (laughs) I know. A muffled telephone ring that sounded like an old-timey telephone ring. Um, But I'll tell you, this this production had a sense of humor, especially in one of Shakespeare's darkest fucking stories. Yeah. And this production is so hell and gone better than... The 2021 movie starring Denzel Washington. I was just going to ask about that. Denzel Denzel Washington uh, and Francis McDormand. I think the reason that that got nominated for as much as it did is because the old fuckers in Hollywood didn't have to see it. It had a pedigree. It had Oscar winners behind it. Mm Mm-hmm. And they said, all right, I think I'll watch this. Ah, oh, oh, that looks weird and artistic. I think I'll nominate that for an Oscar. And <laughs> yeah. that's why that's they exactly do it. That's exactly what I thought. That's totally and, what I thought watching that. Pretentious exactly, piece of shit. It's a, it's a pretentious piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And Denzel in that movie, and I said this at the time in my review, I said he was not as electric as I know Denzel can be. Yeah, There was not no, all. Not at all. No. Daniel Craig was funny and lit it up as fucking Macbeth. And it gave and it gave us real pleasure to know that Ruth Naga was nominated for a Tony for playing Lady oh, Macbeth. Nice. Cool. Cool. Who is the tiniest thing you have ever seen in really? real life? Oh my wow. God. Yeah. <laughs> but any whoosie. <laughs> but a good interpretation of Macbeth. Versus a very bland and mediocre interpretation of Macbeth. Especially when it is live. 
Now, I will give Denzel and Francis McDormand and Ruth Naga and Daniel Craig all the credit in the world because I can't memorize shit. <laughs> so memorizing, first of all, a play, that takes skill, an art. And to perform it eight times a week takes balls. But to do it in iambic pentameter mm -hmm. and learn all those Shakespearean words and, and all that shit takes a special talent. Yes, I agree. In Macbeth, not only do you have Daniel Craig and Ruth Naga, but you also have Asia Kate Dillon. And she plays the character, well, they play the character of Malcolm in this movie. And in Asia this play. In this play, sorry, in this play. <laughs> and you saw them as the as the adjudicator in John Wick 3. Oh, yes. We were so excited that she was in this, like, bonus. Oh, my God, they're in this? That's yeah, freaking awesome. No cool. cool. So right. surprises like that abound on yeah. Broadway. And as cheesy as it was to have Tom Cruise thank us for coming to a theater to see Top Gun, it was more heartwarming to hear the introduction for Macbeth thanking people for supporting live actors on Broadway before the performance. So wherever you are, Chicago has a theater district, LA has theater, New York obviously has Broadway. If you are within shot of somebody putting on a live production of something, turn off the fucking television and support some theater. Yeah. If you like yeah. Shakespeare and, you, and you're in New York, I highly recommend the folks over at Drunk Shakespeare. I had the joy of getting to see that. That is mm. so much fun. You are sitting, like the stage is the floor in front of you in this circular, almost looking like a library. And the actors, you you know, people shout drink or something while they're performing Shakespeare and they have to drink or one actor has to dr take a drink. They pick the one actor for the night that's going to be the drunk and he has to continue performing as he constantly takes more and more alcoholic beverages <laughs> and they are right there in front of your face. It is so much fun. And it is it is a fun night if you're and I am looking at this. If it you says, like some Shakespeare. It says one professional actor downs five shots of whiskey and then attempts to perform in a Shakespearean play. Mm -hmm. It says from their hidden venues in New York, Chicago, DC, and Phoenix. Oh, that's right. They expanded from New York. They were only in New York when I saw it. So if you are in and around those cities, and I'm actually around too, I am actually a little bit further from Washington, D.C., but New York and D.C. are within driving distance. So I will yeah, check I'd that out. I highly recommend you, checking out Drunk Shakespeare. It, it is a fun night of live performance. And and I highly recommend the the, the Broadway Macbeth. production of Macbeth. And you've gotten me, you've reminded me that I need to go see a musical that is here in Chicago now. It was off Broadway not too long ago, written the songs and lyric and 
like the songs and the whole thing was written by somebody I went to high school with that I was in the drama club with. No kidding. It's currently at the Fine Arts Theater in Chicago, and it's called Skates, the musical. Nice. And it's all about uh, some kids at the roller rink, and she based it on the roller rink that we used to go to out in Lansing, Illinois. Or no, it was the Linwood Roller Wink right next to Lansing, Illinois. Which was used in uh, a movie. I forget the name of the movie. But a movie about roller skating. They they filmed it at that roller rink. But I digress. Skates the musical. I'm going to go see it. And I believe you should too because you want to support your live theater. I absolutely... You know what? I'll tell you what. This has lit a fire under me now that... A lot of what we watch, and and we've said so on this show, is bullshit. Oh, my God, yes. You know, and I needed to be reminded today, because today is when we saw the play, that, you know what, there is so much more that is out there to oh, be yeah. consumed and yes. enjoyed and should be and supported, because it is the arts. And if the arts are not supported, then, you know, where the fuck are we going? It can't all be sequels and shows that have been on for 30 years. And just to bring that full circle, it it can't be. It, It must not be. It has to be something that gives something to the world. And whether these are highly paid actors or not, they're bearing their ass out there on a live stage. And that in and of itself is a reason to go see something live on Broadway or at a local community theater or, you know, just do, do that. A live production of something. A live production of something. All right. That's all I got this week. That's all I got. Oh, my goodness. So do me a favor, everybody. Log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that Contact Us button. What is the last live production you saw? Have you ever seen a live production of anything? Let us know. I would love to know. Kinky and, uh Oh, and speaking of which, thank you for reminding me. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you are in a rural wherever or a country that doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of theater. And I don't know if anybody can get this, but there is broadway.com or the Broadway app that you can actually stream taped productions from Broadway and off Broadway. We had mentioned it many, many moons ago on the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, way back. But that is still a thing. And that is how we saw Kinky Boots. Oh, I saw Kinky Boots in, on Broadway. And then I also saw Kinky Boots here at the Aurora Paramount Theater. Yeah, there you go. There's a traveling so, production and both of them were damn good. Yeah. So if you can't get to live theater, you can still consume some live theater. Oh, totally. And at the very least, your local PBS station. Oh, yes, they do will probably, especially during a pledge drive, will show live performances, orchestral, or they will have bands on, or they will have a theater production of something. Mm-hmm. So there you go. All right. That's it. That's all I got. Oh, 
We had a jam-packed show this week. Yeah, we did. Look at that. We got new shit out. New shit. We got that Obi-Wan Ben, like, we got Uncle Ben's perverted brand rice shit. (laughs) We got Uncle Ben's rice shit going on. No, we (laughs) we had Obi-Wan Kenobi new shit, Top Gun new shit. Live theater new shit. Live theater Broadway shit. Damn. (laughs) All this and no damn sponsors yet. Oh, man. I know I'm trolling. Yeah. (laughs) All right, everybody. You guys take care. And by the way, last thing, if you do go to Broadway, they are still requiring you to mask up. Good to know. So still dealing with a pandemic, people. So just be careful. Be safe. Enjoy life. And we will talk to you next time. All right. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.